Hi, my name is Queen Zawaya Counts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. I will be reading to you Chapter 2 from Kodia, written by Queen Zawaya Counts, narrated by Queen Zawaya Counts. Kodia, Chapter 2, Kente. Kente ran as fast as she could down the hill towards the river. The blood was flowing from the wound on her head and into her eyes. Her village had been attacked by the tribe from the village from the west, and she had overheard her mother telling her brother to be careful of them, for they were taking others and giving them to the white strangers. One of the warriors who was chasing her had threw a rock at her, hitting her in the head. But Kenty kept running away from the violence that had befallen her village. She had been gathering herbs for her mother when the attack took place. She had not even strayed too far away from her mother's hut when she heard the drums alarming them that they were under attack. Just as she turned her head around, the warrior had thrown a net over her head and she fell to the ground screaming. She tried her best to fight them off, but they were just too strong. All she wanted to do was get back to her mother. She was dragged back towards a huge clearing where she saw strange men standing, watching her. She was only 15 and she had no idea where she was and nor where her family could be. She was taken from her village by the warriors from the tribe from the west and they had exchanged her to the white men on horses who carted her off with other girls from her village to a large wooden boat. She had never seen a boat this big before and she was made to go down into its bellies in chains and shackles. And she lived in that belly for months with the other girls who also saw no way of escaping this journey. Kenty was hearing others speak about those who were jumping overboard trying to go back home and some of the girls would be snatched up during the night and taken to the top where she could hear their screams from their rapes and brutality. Her mother had sent her out in the land to search for herbs and berries to help make the magic to cure the sick in the village because her mother was the high priestess of the village and she had inherited her mother's gift. All the spirits that she called upon would not even help her from being taken, and she was so confused as well as angry. Kente was taught that Ogun would protect her and that Shango would fight for her, but where were they now? They did not stop her captivity, and here she was on a boat being taken away from her family. The men never took her away at night on top of the ship. They had never seen her kind with so much beauty. Kente's skin was ebony, but her hair was white, flowing down her back like silk. Her almond-shaped eyes shone its innocence, and her full lips was inviting to even the elders of men. The white men knew that they would get top money for her, so they chose not to rape her. She was different. Even the other captives stayed away from her because they knew that she possessed special powers and that she was from the spirit's world. The boat had finally stopped moving and Kente was taken on shore to a different land that she did not know. The things that her eyes beheld her frightened her and she was scared that she was going to die. She saw her people being branded and whipped and then they took her and the girls that was left inside 
into a small house. Stripping them of their clothes, they poured buckets of cold water on them. But the scent of those who had died around her could not escape her nose and would never wash off of her. They led her and the others onto a platform while others watched. She saw these strange men smiling at her and she felt even more afraid. Kente and the girls were naked and the men touched and probed their bodies as if they were expecting livestock. She had never felt more ashamed nor frightened in her life. As she watched the crowd, she noticed a man eyeing her. He was tall and had hair on his face, but there was something about his eyes which told her that he would not hurt her. And she hoped that she would go to him. But as if something had heard her silent prayer, he outbidded the others. Kenty was led off the platform and handed over to the man. We can grant her for you, the overseer said to him. No need for that. He took Kenty by the hand and helped her into the back of his cart. He handed her some clothes as they rode away. She did not understand his language, but she knew that the clothes were meant for her. She put them on and silently watched the scenes unfold before her eyes, for she was seeing very tall trees and white people watching her in disgust as well as awe. No one had seen a slave look like her before and they were amazed at her beauty as well. The man who bought her was also amazed at how beautiful she was to have such dark skin. He had outbidded all the other slave owners at the auction for some reason he felt drawn to her. Not just because of her beauty, but there was something deep hidden in her eyes and he knew that he had to have her. He had over a hundred slaves on his plantation down in Savannah, Georgia, and to him, he thought of himself as being a good slave master. He allowed his slaves to sing, dance, and some could even read. He also allowed them to practice their black magic in the darkness of their cabins. He would creep up at night and listen to the beating of the makeshift drums and see the women spinning and gyrating as their spirits would come down and possess them. But the moment James had seen Kente, he knew that she was of that dark power. He paid close attention to how the other slaves would move away from her as if she would curse them. He was there to buy ten more slaves, but he had used up all his money to purchase her. She had cost him over $300, and with the amount that he had spent on her, he was not about to put her in the fields. Kente was so tired. She allowed her body to collapse in the back of the cart. It felt good to her to be able to breathe fresh air and embrace the warmness of the sun. In her homeland, the heat was not this dry, but it felt good on her skin. For a moment in her young life, she felt relaxed. She closed her eyes and fell asleep. James looked back over his shoulder and saw her sleeping. She looked so innocent and he found himself wanting to protect her from his world. He could never imagine the pain that she was feeling and he could only imagine the life that he was going to give her at the plantation. He pulled up in front of his home and his house slaves were all standing outside waiting on him to arrive. 
They move closer to the wagon with anticipation of removing slaves, but when they investigated the cart, all they saw was the young African girl. Master, Jacob said, where the slaves at? James looked at him and smiled. He knew that they would be wondering why he had only returned home with one slave. Jacob, I decided to buy just this one. He jumped down from the cart. May, the big mama of the house, walked over and peered into the cart. Lordy, master, you done brought a witch here, she exclaimed. She is not a witch. Master, look at her hair and her skin. Her skin black like mine's, but her hair, it ain't normal. She is a witch for sure. James looked back at Kenty laying in the cart. He knew that the others would fear her just as the ones had shot, who had shied away from her back at the auction. I know she looks different than the rest of you, but I bought her and I want each one of you to treat her like she is family. She has had a long trip from Africa and she is very afraid and nervous. She does not yet understand our tongue, so I would need for you, May, to teach her our language. May glared up at James with disgust in her eyes. She could sense that the only reason he had brought her here was because she was beautiful. May was from the Congo and she knew that the girl possessed special magic. It was true the girl was tired because she slept through their commotion, but May did not want anything to happen to her closeness with James. May was the priestess of the plantation, and she would be damned if she allowed another to come and take her place. She knew that by the girl having white hair and that she was from a very powerful tribe up in the mountains, and she knew that when that girl turned 16, that she was going to be stronger than she could ever be. As if Jacob could read her thoughts, he spoke to May. May now, don't have no fear of this child. Instead of you thinking she gonna take your place, teach her, show her the right way to use her gift. I know what you done seen, and I done seen it too. We can use her gift to gain our freedom. May stared back at Jacob. Yeah, I know. She real. This child here real. And all that comes from her will be just as strong and real also. You have just been listening to Chapter 2 of Dia. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Miss C's Storytelling. And I look forward for you to come back and listen to Chapter 2 of Dia. Thank you.